you know, I'm looking at this plan on Eagle Rock Forward and it's like, I want to be there. I want to go sit outside. This looks like something I would hop on a plane and, you know, go to another city to experience. This looks amazing. But they're not doing anything else for Eagle Rock other than offering to basically bring a BRT line down Colorado Boulevard. What we're asking for is more medians. We're asking them to plant trees. We're asking them to plant native plants. We want them to commit to caring for those plants. We want them to put in more crosswalks, raised crosswalks that are safer, and these protected bike lanes. So we could get so much more. And if we lose a lane to do that, I think that it's a net positive. We are only two miles out of an 18-mile project, but we're a very vocal, very political two miles. And if we Hmm. ask for this, we could get a lot more than what they're kind of throwing us. Our first guest is Natalie Friedberg. She's been an Eagle Rock resident for quite a while, for a long time, since 1988. And we're going to talk to her about this BRT uh, situation in Eagle Rock. She's a graduate of Occidental College, so she's been in the area for a long time. And she knows she knows what's going on, and uh, she's currently the president of the Silver Lake Chamber of Commerce. So these are the types of folks that we need to be talking to uh, when it comes to these projects. Natalie, welcome to the show. Hey, Don, nice to see you. It's been a lot of years. I think you taught a class in Burbank on confident city cycling that I took many, many years ago. Oh, Um, wow, yeah, with Stephen Box. With Stephen Box, exactly. And that's how I met NC, who I'm still in touch with, at least on Facebook. Um, Oh, great. So uh, nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I'm a huge fan of KPFK. My mom on the East Coast listens to Pacifica Radio and kind of got me hooked on it. And I listen to KPFK quite a bit over here. So Cool. Okay, so we've got this situation in Eagle Rock and Metro's doing things. They're trying to get bus rapid transit networks going throughout the city. And what's happening is neighborhoods here and there are opposing the BRT. It's kind of a different political situation in every neighborhood. But so far, there's been a big uproar in Northridge um, because the BRT would be connecting to Cal State Northridge. I believe the same line would connect Cal State Northridge to Pasadena City College, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And the route would go through Colorado Boulevard. And that's kind of where you come in, right? You've been working on this issue. Yeah. So this is a NoHo to Pasadena line. So it's North Hollywood to Pasadena. And it might connect to Northridge. That's quite possible. I'm not um, as familiar with that end of the line. So Measure M was approved by 71% of voters in Los Angeles County. There was overwhelming support for this. This is much bigger support than we usually get for transit measures like this. And there seems to be a lot of um, will to getting this done. Eagle Rock is one of the sections that's had a lot of press because Eagle Rock has Colorado Boulevard and Colorado Boulevard seems like the perfect place to run a BRT down. I think that's what the majority of people in Eagle Rock would like to see because that's obviously much more functional. So first of all, having the BRT run on the 134, which was one of the first things that was suggested by a number of people in the community, Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense for businesses. It doesn't make sense for employees of businesses. It doesn't make sense on so many levels. 
um, and, and let me just state that I'm coming at this from someone who lives in Eagle Rock, who lives close to Colorado Boulevard and would be able to walk down there easily. I already walked to all my local businesses, um, but I also come at it from a business point of view. I'm the president of the Silver Lake Chamber of Commerce and small business, it's a volunteer position and small business is kind of what I do um, for fun, for love, for so many reasons, it's so important to our community. And over the past year with the pandemic, especially, I've been working primarily with restaurants in Silver Lake and then also in Eagle Rock. Restaurants have kind of a special role in a community and the, there's a lot of psychology around restaurants being neighborhood destinations and being um, something that people focus on. During the pandemic, it's been incredibly important to keep the restaurants as part of the community, but also restaurants provide an enormous amount of jobs. It's not just the people who work in restaurants, it's the people who uh, provide the supplies for restaurants. So there's this huge supply chain. So from an economic perspective, as well as kind of a psychological well-being perspective, restaurants have been very important. And in working with the restaurants, I've learned that most of them are telling me that 50% of their staff or more takes public transportation to get there. That doesn't surprise me at all. A group has presented a plan that I don't think Metro has adopted, but we're, we're pushing Metro to adopt. Is that correct? It's called the Beautiful right. Boulevard Plan? Okay. Right. So it's the Beautiful Boulevard Plan and it's eaglerockforward.org if anyone wants to take a look at it. Metro came back to us after a couple of public meetings that were very contentious. There was a lot of shouting. There was a, a very loud, um, I think, minority from what I see and what I counted, but um, there were a number of people who objected to the BRT coming down Colorado Boulevard at all. So that is, Metro presented us with three options after all of this, F1, F2, and F3. F3 is the freeway option. It bypasses Eagle Rock completely. We have information from the Metro project team that they feel it doesn't meet their goals. Um, it also means that none or very little of the $267 million allocated for this project would come to Eagle Rock, right? So by bypassing Colorado Boulevard, they wouldn't have to make improvements along Colorado Boulevard as part of the project. They would just, I say just, but they would put a bus stop on Harvey and a bus stop on Figueroa. And anyone who wanted to take the BRT would have to work their way up to those spots first and right that now, would be at the 134 and Harvey and the 134 correct. and Figueroa. Correct. So the bus would come off the freeway, drop down, pick up someone there, um, get back on the freeway. There are homeless encampments in both of those spots. Um, so it's not an ideal place to wait for a bus, but it's also not the greatest spot for a number of other reasons. Number one, if you're waiting for a bus there, you don't have any place to run to, to get a coffee, water, something to eat, something for dinner. There's just nothing there. They're kind of these little deserts as far as that's concerned. Number two, for business owners, it brings them no benefit whatsoever. Precisely because if you're waiting for the bus next to the freeway, you can't make it to one of the local restaurants or stores to buy anything before you head home. So. 
as opposed to being on Colorado Boulevard, where if you're waiting on Colorado Boulevard and you've got a screen that shows you when the next bus is coming, similar to what we see, for instance, along the gold line or the digital signs that we see in Europe at every bus stop, um, you'd be looking at, you know, you'd have an opportunity to say, my bus comes in eight minutes. I've got time to run in and grab a slice of pizza. And there's another one coming in 13 minutes. So I've got time to grab a slice of pizza and sit here and eat it and still make it to work in time. You know, whatever it is that you're doing, you've got the opportunity to step into one of the stores. Perhaps you see a little boutique and you think, oh, you know, I wanted to bring someone at home a gift. You have a moment to step into that boutique and buy a gift because you're looking in the window because you're standing really close to it. So that's F3. F2 eliminates the bike lanes. It maintains the medians, it maintains two lanes of travel and it maintains all the parking, but it eliminates the bike lanes. And as part of Vision LA, the bike lanes were already put in and we have been told that it's unacceptable to both the mayor's office and LADOT. They've both sent letters to Metro saying that eliminating the bike lanes is not an option. Which leaves us with F1, which would be the default and which is what those people in the community who don't really like or use bike lanes and don't really perhaps like or use buses have said they feel is the best option. Um, but it eliminates the medians and 50% of the parking. And that doesn't make, I'm sorry, I misspoke. F2 is the one that they prefer. F1 eliminates the medians and 50% of the parking. What we heard from everyone at all those meetings is that they didn't want to eliminate the medians and the trees in them. And from the business owners, we heard that they don't want to lose any parking. Colorado right now, this is like a, uh, a relief valve of sorts for the 134. When the 134 gets backed up, people start taking Colorado Boulevard as their cut through. Mm -hmm. The cut through traffic seems to hurt businesses more than it helps them the street gets jammed up with cut through traffic during rush hour and people sort of decide i'm not going to go to this place right now because there's just rush hour traffic how is the business support for this where are they lining up in terms of cut through traffic do people ever talk about this so overall the business support has been um, in the majority very positive for this plan when it comes to cut through traffic, that's not something that business owners really have been talking about as much. It is something from a community point of view that is hugely important. I mean, the amount of pollution created by a number of people cutting through our neighborhood, some of the speeds that are achieved on Colorado Boulevard. I mean, I live right off of Colorado Boulevard. There have been a number of accidents not far from my house. One was at the corner right by Columbo's not too long ago. And one of the things the police officers who came to, you know, to file the report and so forth said when they saw the car that was on the front landscaping of the 20th Century Women's Club is, you know, this happens because people are driving so fast down Colorado Boulevard. If somebody had been on that sidewalk, which people often are, they would have been killed. If it had been the other corner where Columbo's now has outdoor dining, people would have been killed or severely injured. From a business owner point of view, though, I think what I'm hearing is they don't think that Colorado is beautiful now. They think that it's kind of a wide swath of concrete, these medians with a lot of dead grass and a few trees that haven't been maintained properly. 
Um, one of the business owners told me that Film LA has, you know, filmed at his property and the neighboring properties a number of times. And what they do is they try to include all the cute little storefronts, but they literally cut out the rest of the boulevard because they find it kind of ugly. So when I showed the plans to business owners starting back in December um, that some of the people working on this had come up with, I talked to them about it and they were all overwhelmingly positive about it because what they see is if you bring traffic down to one lane, then you have an opportunity for people to slow down and look around at the businesses on either side. Your peripheral vision narrows as you're driving faster. There are studies on this. So if you're driving more slowly, your peripheral vision widens and you can see more of your surroundings. You spot perhaps a store or a restaurant that you hadn't seen before and it gives you an incentive to come back and check it out or to stop if there's a parking spot. So from a business owner point of view, that's one huge thing. The other thing is that and studies back that up, by the way, if you look at York Boulevard, York Boulevard was, there was a huge outcry about reducing York Boulevard to one lane in each direction and putting in the bike lanes. But business owners, I think on average have done 30% better. Oh, York Boulevard's popping. That's like a yeah. full on business district there. And there's a number of reasons why it's popping. But one of the reasons is that you have slowed traffic and made it more walkable and more pleasant to be on. So now more families come. They sit outside and they eat ice cream. They hang out and they get donuts at Donut Friend. They go to get pizza. You know, these places are doing better since these changes have happened. And when I talked to the business owners, we had just talked about getting dining plazas because of um, COVID. So pre-COVID, not very many restaurants were serving outdoors, in part because it's very noisy on Colorado Boulevard. It's not the most pleasant place to sit right now. But with the pandemic, businesses applied for the Alfresco program, which allowed them to serve people on the sidewalk. And then some of them asked for dining plazas in parking spots, which is Alfresco phase two. And now that they have those, there's a good chance that they're going to be able to keep them. There's a bill moving through Sacramento right now that would make Alfresco dining permanent mm. in California. And businesses, restaurant owners are really excited about that. When they saw these plans, they were already, before they knew that Alfresco might become permanent in California, they were already excited to have additional sidewalk space next to protected bike lanes that would allow people to come down a bike lane and stop and walk into their restaurant. And it makes it a more pleasant neighborhood to linger in, I guess. Right. And it also makes it more pleasant for the locals to just simply walk or bike to the district versus Colorado is just a noisy big street with cars speeding down it. It's dangerous to cross. It's, it's not pleasant to be out there, like you said. And for locals, it's like sometimes you want to drive somewhere where there's more ambiance, where you can sit outside and not be next to speeding cars and desolate concrete landscapes and here you know i'm looking at this plan on eagle rock forward and it's like i want to be there i want to go sit outside this looks like something i would hop on a plane and you know go to another city to experience and unfortunately for decades 
the LADOT has done the exact opposite with a lot of these streets like Iperion, like Virgil, like uh, Rowena, where they crammed in more lanes and they made it less hospitable to businesses. And now we're trying to reverse that. And, and this looks amazing. And, you know, well, you mentioned Silver Lake and Rowena and, you know, I mean, people died on Rowena. Um, yeah. A number of people died on Rowena near Edendale specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, as someone who spends a lot of time in Silver Lake, because even though I live in Eagle Rock as the president of the chamber, I do um, spend quite a bit of time there. You know, I, I wish something would slow Hyperion down. I think it would be great for business owners there. But, you know, to go back to Eagle Rock, we've got Vidiots opening um, the old theater on Eagle Rock Boulevard. We've got a number of businesses that have opened on Eagle Rock Boulevard, which has kind of so far been a little bit of an up, ugly stepchild to Colorado Boulevard, but there are changes coming there too. And I'd love to see a trolley or streetcar or a bus or a shuttle that would connect up and down Eagle Rock Boulevard eventually to the BRT. But I mean, my feeling about the BRT is that number one, there's an equity issue. If you don't own a car and you need to get to work somewhere along the line between North Hollywood and Pasadena, you want faster transportation. I love public transportation. I don't need to take public transportation, but I take it for a number of reasons, including environmental issues. I grew up in Europe and I am used to taking public transportation. I feel that you know it's enormously disrespectful to assume that everyone has a car and that everyone wants to have a car, no matter what their socioeconomic status is. Some people just don't wanna have cars. And fewer people are getting driver's licenses from what I've been reading. A lot of younger people, some of my friends have kids who are teenagers, um, you know, they're not getting their driver's licenses because they'd rather take Lyft or Uber or a scooter or public transportation, whatever they can do other than drive a car because driving a car in LA kind of sucks. Yeah, driving a car sucks in LA because we've designed our city in the last five decades so that everyone has to drive everywhere for everything. That was the expectation. It's incredibly classist to expect people to buy thousands of dollars worth of transportation equipment when they have other things like college debt and so forth going on and low wages and high rents and so forth. Yeah. And let's say you have two jobs and those two jobs are not near each other and you want to move quickly between one or the other and you can't afford a car. And this is the situation for a lot of people in Los Angeles. Um, So the ability to move on a bus rapid transit and this BRT would have priority signalization. So it would move more quickly. It wouldn't get stuck at traffic lights, which is one of the concerns that people have raised. Um, You know, there would be a lot of advantages to it, in my opinion. Now, you mentioned Silver Lake and last night was the Silver Lake monthly mixer for the Chamber of Commerce and Sunset for All was our presenter yesterday. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you guys know Terrence Houston. He came Mm -hmm. and presented for Sunset for All. And we had had him present at a board meeting a little over a year ago, and we'd been wanting to do something to present it to business owners in the community, to more business owners in the community, because board members are also business owners in the community. And he came last night and presented, and there were some questions, you know, the main one being that they're gonna lose some parking spots on Sunset Boulevard. And people always have that concern. But overall, the business owners who were there were supportive of it. 
So one issue that I'm seeing on the Facebook group, the Eagle Rock Facebook group is Hill Drive. And people are afraid that that's going to become, I guess it's already a cut through because you can just hop off the, the 134. Let's say it's jammed up. You can hop right off and then hang a right and cut all the way through Hill and get to the two and bypass probably a bunch of traffic. Um, People backed up trying to get on the two and so forth. Have you talked? Yeah. If you're coming from Pasadena towards Glendale, um, generally the majority of the cut through traffic, I think is in the evenings when people are headed home from work. Um, Heading heading, uh, east to west, right? It seems to be, actually, it seems to be more eastbound from what I have seen. Really? Okay. I haven't looked at the studies, but it seems to be more eastbound. Okay. And I've gotten off the freeway and, you know, over by Harvey, Harvey, and I've been tempted to cut up to Hill Street. But honestly, Hill Street is a very, um, I mean, it's a residential neighborhood. And yes, it's a wider road, but it doesn't seem like a great place to me to cut down because there are people walking there, especially during the pandemic. Um, there are a lot of people walking. People have always walked their dogs and jogged up there. And it just doesn't seem like a great place to go. But there are mitigations that are feasible. So Absolutely. there are a number of mitigations. You probably know more about this than I do. But I know well, that I was, there are mitigations you know, that could prevent cut through traffic from going up to those side streets or going down to Yosemite, which is another concern. Well, one, one, one kind of point that I was getting to was... I think these concerns are legitimate. I think that people shouldn't have to worry about cut through traffic coming through their residential area. And I looked at Hill Drive on Google Maps. I've, I've been to the, to the park up there, but I have not gone down Hill Drive that I can recall. But I can see how that would be a concern. And I always see these things as an opportunity to get some homeowners on board if Metro would do something in advance where that was part of the deal. Like, hey, we're gonna do this with, with Colorado Boulevard and as part of this, we're gonna protect Hill Drive and any cut through like Yosemite. Let's do the same thing there. Let's put in, there's plenty of things you could put in, stop signs, compact traffic circles, things that slow down the cut through traffic so that it doesn't become a route that it doesn't become a preferred route. Makes it, and it's right, something- it makes it less appealing for a mm-hmm. cut through and still perfectly usable for a homeowner who lives, um, you know, a renter who lives in that neighborhood. Right. And it's like, I, I don't know who at Metro to get in contact with, but it's just like, hey guys, look, 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 here's a strategy to start winning over some homeowners if you really want to put this BRT in. Let's start protecting the residential areas before we even suggest maybe putting in a BRT or or congruent with putting in the BRT. Let's make that part of the deal and win these homeowners over. Win win some, you know, it's like the magnolia trees. You said that they're not being taken care of. Metro set aside a budget for the next, you know, 10 years. Make sure those those magnolia trees are watered and really follow through on it, you know. It's like there's there's opportunities there that I see to to kind of sell this to the opposition and and win them over, give them things, you know. So. Sure, and we've been we've been trying to get the word out about that, and you know, there's some pushback. There are some people who are uh, very upset about it, very concerned. I think 
when it comes down to it, we all care about the same thing, which is our neighborhood and what's mm -hmm. best for our neighborhood. I think we're coming from different places and we have different approaches, but um, I think there, there are a lot of misconceptions. There's some misinformation. I will tell you that I just heard that a resident who had posted on the neighborhood group and had some concerns. He, he was really asking some good questions. He had some concerns and I gave him answers specifically to those uh, concerns. And he has um, just recently sent us a letter of support. Wow. So perfect. You know, so I mean, every person who lives in Eagle Rock who, or who is a stakeholder in Eagle Rock and who is going to be, um, you know, won over one way or another by the facts, uh, I'm very happy about. And I have to say that, you know, Metro is probably going to come back to us. What we're asking them to do is study this. We're not saying, hey, Metro, this is the plan you have to do. What we're asking people to sign this petition for is to say, hey, Metro, we want you to study this. We want you to look at this because it's much better than any of the plans you gave us. And if we get 75% of what we're asking for, that's already going to be so much more than what Metro is offering us. Mm -hmm. They are offering to do a cheap, not, well, actually it might not be cheaper. One of the options that the F1 option might actually be more expensive than what we're proposing, but they're not doing anything else for Eagle Rock other than offering to basically bring a BRT line down Colorado Boulevard. What we're asking for is more medians, add medians on the west side of Colorado Boulevard, add some more medians over on the very east side of Colorado Boulevard where there aren't any, or you know, we're asking them to plant trees, we're asking them to plant native plants. We want them to commit to caring for those plants. We want them to put in more crosswalks, raised crosswalks that are safer and these protected bike lanes. So we could get so much more. And if we lose a lane to do that, I think that it's a net positive. I have some concerns, of course. How do you bring two lanes of traffic coming from either direction down to one lane? Part of the question is how much of that traffic is cut through traffic, even from one end of Eagle Rock to the other? So if you live over by the Vaughns in Eagle Rock or you live right on the border of San Rafael in Eagle Rock and you wanna get over to Target, should you be taking Colorado or could you just as easily hop on the 134 and take the 134 at Figueroa and hop off at Harvey? You know, you don't have to cut through the center of town. If you look at places like Larchmont Village, there's a section there where it comes down to one lane. You look at Montrose, there's a section there where it comes down to one lane. What I keep being told is there's more public parking. Well, there is perhaps, there, there are more municipal parking lots, but we have some municipal parking lots here. We also have a parking fund that businesses have been paying into for a number of years. There's not enough money in there to pay for a parking garage, but is there enough money in there or would businesses be making enough money to provide valet service to park a little further off site? There, there are all these options that could be explored. And all we're saying is don't cut off your nose to spite your face. Don't say, no, we don't want this BRT down the middle of town. We're not gonna see this kind of money opportunity for another 15 to 20 years hmm. to make improvements in our neighborhood. And that's one of the places that I'm really, really coming from, which is that for all the businesses in Eagle Rock, whether they're on Colorado Boulevard or somewhere else, we have an opportunity 
to ask Metro to make improvements to the community that will benefit everyone and to get this money from them before they spend it somewhere else. I mean, we are only two miles out of an 18 mile project, but we're a very vocal, very political two miles. And if we hmm. ask for this, we could get a lot more than what they're kind of throwing us. Hmm. Well, um, the plan looks amazing. We can get on uh, online and see it, eaglerockforward.org and uh, sign the petition there as well, right? Yes, please. And when is the next milestone for this? Like the petition's getting signed, the plan that you guys have is, is, is being proposed. Is there a vote that's gonna happen? Is the Metro board gonna look at this or how, what's the next? Well, very thing? exciting in addition to the petition being signed by a number of residents and business owners, especially. And we also have employees at the businesses who are signing on because they really could use this. You know? um, they don't really care if there are more trees in the median perhaps, but they care if they can get to work faster and more easily without having to change buses a number of times. Um, we also have support from supervisor Hilda Solis, who has said that she thinks this is a plan that Metro needs to explore. Excellent. So that's a huge milestone for us. And we're really excited about that. Um, there are some public meetings coming up. I believe they're the second week of March. We're not sure how they're doing that yet because we don't have more information. And I can certainly get you that information once I yes, have please. it. But in the meantime, um, yeah, the petition, taking a look at it and absolutely, you know, people can send us suggestions or feedback. We appreciate that. We're a group of volunteers. I'm not doing this as the Silver Lake Chamber of Commerce president. I also happen to be on the land use committee in Eagle Rock. I'm not doing this as a member of the land use committee. I'm doing this because I live in Eagle Rock. I love Eagle Rock. I've lived here since 1988. And I think it's a huge benefit to residents, um, people who work here uh, and business owners. And I think it's, it's a really important step in the right direction for a network within the city that makes public transportation just more accessible to everyone because on top of everything else, I think we can all agree that we see climate change as a huge concern. And uh, while I don't have kids, I have a bunch of nieces and nephews and I'm really concerned about climate change and getting people out of their cars is only gonna happen if we make public transportation better and easier. And if we make things like bike lanes safer. I don't use the bike lane along Colorado because I see people driving their cars in it all the time. Yeah. And I would use it if it were a protected bike lane. Okay. Well, Natalie, thanks for coming on. And we wanna get you back on at some point to get some updates. See where this is sure, going. Sure, I'd love follow, to. Follow this, yeah. So uh, uh, social media contact for you in case anybody wants to get in touch with you. Um, which one is the best one? Probably Eco Natalie LA on Instagram. Eco Natalie LA. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or they can just email me at eco Natalie LA at gmail.com. That's fine too. All right. Perfect. Thanks for coming on, Natalie. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Nice to see you again, Thanks, Don. Natalie. Take care. Thanks, Nick. Bye. Take care. Okay. Bye. Transportation.
Nation shows I care. Every turn of the pedal cleans the air. Green in the green, I'm saving the planet. Just like my friends Dale, Sean, Toby, and Janet. No greenhouse gas, a tiny carbon footprint up your ass. I'm on a motherfucking bike. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group. 